Since 1978, Lutheran Church Extension Fund has had the privilege of supporting Lutheran Church Missouri Senate ministries and workers. Thanks to faithful investors, LCEF has provided thousands of church workers, congregations, schools, and organizations with the low-cost loans and resources they need to reach more people with the saving name of Christ. To learn how you can get involved, visit lcef.org or call 800-843-5233. Who was Nehemiah? What did he do? What can we learn about prayer and perseverance from his story in the Old Testament? What does God teach us about prayer in his word? Why should we pray through life's challenges? This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. My guest today is Donna Pyle, author of a new Bible study, Perseverance, Praying Through Life's Challenges. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you'll stay tuned. Thanks, Donna, for being my guest today. Well, thank you for having me, Kay. This is awesome. Well, we are always thrilled to have you. So why did you write the Bible study, Perseverance, Praying Through Life's Challenges, a Nehemiah Battle Plan? Because um, I think like all of us, I had one thing that had been hanging around my life far too long. Uh, For me, it was an addiction, and it was an addiction to food. And, you know, I tried in my own strength for three decades, and it just obviously didn't work because it was my strength. And I was reading through the Old Testament and stumbled across the book of Nehemiah. And when I read about his perseverance to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the wall and how he, you know, metaphorically got on that wall and didn't get off until the job was done, I just, that was the key. It was like, I need to do a whole Bible study on this for me. And then if God opens the door, share it. And really, that's how that happened. Interesting. That's great. Well, we'll learn more about uh, that as we go through. But before we launch into more of that, tell us a little bit about Nehemiah. Who was he and what did he do? Well, Nehemiah was a cupbearer to King Artaxerxes. And he was in a very privileged position and very comfortable. And he certainly didn't have to... Uh, go do what God burdened on his heart to do. He he could have opted to stay comfortable. He could have opted just to, you know, carry on as normal. But God convicted him to leave that comfortability and go rebuild the wall around Jerusalem that had been, you know, laying there destroyed for almost a century. And just the journey of that is what we follow in this Bible study. Mm -hmm. It is a large Bible study, and it has a lot of details. Um, So uh, tell us a little bit more about Jeremiah's wall and why it was destroyed by uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Well, um, the wall around Jerusalem, obviously, as you said, was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. And what had happened during that time is Jerusalem just came, became a hotbed for anyone who wanted to come in and pillage and, you know, the little fiefdoms and just rule and pillage. And it just wasn't secure because during those times, the wall around a city meant you were secure and meant you had a community and protection. And that just wasn't there for almost a century. And what got me was the fact that the people living 
in Jerusalem had no memory of a secure city or mm. a wall around it to keep them safe or a community that would faithfully go to uh, worship together safely. And so uh, that's really kind of the the impetus for this study is getting that wall rebuilt and how we do that. Okay, and he he did do that, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But as he began, though, what was uh, the first thing that uh, Nehemiah did, you know, just as he realized the wall was still destroyed and God was putting on his heart this desire to rebuild it? Well, he started out with this incredible prayer uh, that goes on for, let's see, seven or eight verses. And it's just, he wept and he mourned for uh, what turns out to be four months. Mm. And um, just the grieving over his ancestors. Now, we don't see in Scripture that Nehemiah had actually ever been to Jerusalem. But, you know, his ancestors were there. And we assume maybe some living relatives were there. But um, it was just his burden of, you know, these are my people. And I'm in a position to do something. And so maybe I will. Hmm. And that's kind of where it came about. So he wept and he mourned. And he also fasted uh, yes. during that time. And uh, we won't talk a lot about fasting. It's not a requirement from God, but it is something that the Bible does talk about. Uh, and some people do fast. And the only thing I usually say is, you know, if you want to fast, you need to talk to your doctor if you're on any kind of medication, just to be careful that you can't just do that and and not touch base with uh, a doctor. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's good. I have fasted in the past. Um, I know we're not supposed to tell people when we're pa- fasting, but um, uh, but because of medication I'm on now, I, I don't do that. And I, like I said, I just want to say that because people read that and then they question, is that something I should be doing? Right. Well, and I've only fasted once in my uh, whole life, and it just was not great for me. I had horrible headaches and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, so... And it made me not focus on what I was supposed to be focusing mm-hmm, on. <laughs> so, mm-hmm, yeah, uh, it's not for me, and it's yeah. certainly not for everyone. But it's it's not commanded in scripture. No, it's but not. it's encouraged if you can. If you can, yeah. And a lot of times it is connected to people that are called by God, uh, laying hands on them too. Uh, in Acts, you see that a lot. But anyway, okay. So um, you share a lot about what we learn about prayer as well as you talk, uh, as we go through this Bible study. And um, um, there's so much in there. Uh, God tells us, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be open to you, Matthew 7, 7. And um, uh, when I'm talking about prayer, I talk about that being persistent in prayer. You know, we don't just pray once and say, oh, God didn't want it. I guess it's just not as well. We, we keep seeking and we keep knocking at his door and be persistent. Uh, And you talk a little bit about perseverance and persistence in your book. Share a little bit more about that. Well, when it comes to prayer, I mean, perseverance and persistence are so important because, yes, God knows what's on our heart. He knows all those things, but that I think it's a discipline for us, uh, kind of a reminder that God is in charge and kind of a, a way to communicate and get those things out that may be being built up and toxic within us. But prayer is just communicating with God what He already knows, but really it's, it's for our benefit. Um, but being persistent in that. And since I started writing this study, 
um, when I finished it up and started my own perseverance journey, it's just been life transforming to have this ongoing prayer. And I've seen much success in my area of addiction, but that doesn't mean I give up. That doesn't mean I stop praying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And everybody, as you talk about in your book, has a special sin that they just struggle with. Everybody's is different. Yeah. And it could be different for many people. You know, this is actually my second one thing. I think. Mm-hmm. People have a list, you know, but my first one thing was debt, and and God uh, allowed me to have the strength and the tenacity to get out of that. And so this is like a second one thing. And so it was nice to to go into this study knowing that it works. Mm -hmm. God is in charge, and He he gives us the ability to overcome those things that uh, are wrong in our life. And you know what the most interesting thing is, and and I know Scripture says that, you know, He will always provide a way out of temptation and stuff, but I have seen that in 3D, because I travel a lot, Mm -hmm. and food put in front of me is not always my choice, but it's been interesting when I go into a situation, it's like um, there's always a way out, there's always an alternative, you know, and uh, I just have found that it may be little things, but it's they're huge to me, and that's just God blessing me. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I spoke last week at a conference, and uh, at the end, I, well, it was a topic that doesn't relate to this per se, but uh, it was a, uh, a gathering of ex-Jehovah's Witnesses. So, and, but at the end, I, I, I talked, you know, I shared the message of God's love and, and the struggle that we have, and I just listed a whole bunch of sins that we can confess because I said to them, sometimes we have to hear that we can be forgiven for what our sin was. And I listed as many things as I could think of. And I said, and then put your sin, your, you know, there's a blank here. Just put it in there because um, people sometimes just can't really feel forgiven. And I'm thinking of the first one on my list was an abortion. You know, unless someone speaks to the fact that we can be forgiven for everything, and name the sin, then they don't really believe that God will forgive them for what they did. Well, and the nice thing about the the perseverance study is that it doesn't have to be a bad thing. You know, some people, uh, they've been years talking about launching a ministry Mm -hmm. or starting a 501c3, Mm -hmm. but they just haven't persevered and trusted God to open the doors. And so uh, it could be a positive thing, too, and not just you know, habits to break or addictions to conquer, sure. but it could be something very positive that yeah. God has put on our heart that, you know, we just need to get on that wall and watch him open doors and blow them down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You bet. Well, um, one of the things that I uh, loved as I read your book um, that you shared is in your Confession Time chapter uh, that God's Word says we can ask for forgiveness for more than just us. And you had Nehemiah 1.5.8. I wrote it down here. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. And uh, Donna, this just blew my mind. I don't know why, because I've been teaching on prayer for years, but I never caught that God's word says we can pray for us. And I thought, wow, that means we can pray for our family. You know, some everybody in the family is sinning, but maybe some haven't confessed something, um, or maybe there's a reason why somebody's having a struggle with a certain sin. We can pray for our ministry. I was thinking of Family Shield Ministries. Over the years, we have had so many board members, and um, 
you know, just pray for forgiveness for everyone. And we can pray for our church. We're all sinners in the church. Um, oh, yeah. We, you know, the we, toughest thing where I apply that, and mm-hmm. uh, currently I'm involved in the anti-trafficking movement for children, yeah. and I'm involved in Love 146, and what I've learned is that I can pray for the traffickers, for God to change their heart, and that's mm-hmm. a hard prayer when you realize what they've done to children. Mm-hmm. But we have to pray for them to, for God to change their heart because it's not going to happen otherwise. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I met um, a man this last weekend who had become a Christian. Um, he had been raised as a Jehovah's Witness, left 20 years ago, no contact with Christians. And I sat right next to him because he was young, and I'm like, oh, good, young people, I want to learn more. And he said, uh, you know, he was just sitting at home by himself, and all of a sudden he just knew Jesus was the Savior and Lord. He, he, knew, he knew everything. He had come to faith in Christ. I said, no Bible. No, he said, I said, nobody witnessed to you. He said, no. I said, who was praying for you? And he said, well, I don't know if anybody was. I said, you check it out. God works through his word and through his people. And uh, and I just, you know, who was praying for you when we want someone to change, transform their hearts? Um, prayer is vital. Um, let me, uh, we're going to continue talking about that, but let me make a couple announcements and then we'll come back to talk more about this, us praying for others as we pray. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, What is Faith in Jesus? To request a free copy, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-250-8416 or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. Family Shields radio program is aired on more than 50 radio stations and is also available through its podcast. Family Shield is celebrating its 25th anniversary in 2019. Why not plan to attend our celebration dinner on Sunday, October 13th in St. Louis or give a gift in celebration of this special event? Gifts help us pay for radio and podcast airtime. Send your gift to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri 63123. You can also donate on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. We also want to thank our sponsors for that special event. They include Lutheran Church Extension Fund, Triada Advisors in Columbia, Illinois, Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, Drury Hotels, Concordia Lutheran Church in Kirkwood, Missouri, the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate, Lutheran Women's Missionary League, Ted Drew's Frozen Custard, Bruce Gier and Company, and Ascension Lutheran Church in St. Louis. These sponsorships make our ministry possible. Thank you. Now I want to come back to my guest, Donna Pyle. She is the author of the new Bible study, Perseverance, Praying Through Life's Challenges, A Nehemiah Battle Plan. Donna, right before the break, I was telling you that this we can pray for others, us, uh, and not just for me in my life. Talk a little bit more about that. Well, I just think it's important for us as Christians also because, you know, it's not all about us. It's not all about just what God has planned for us. We are a community of believers. You know, we stand on God's battlefield shoulder to shoulder, and we pray for each other. We pray for our communities. Like you said, we pray for our churches. We pray for our nation. You know, it's it, it makes it so much better 
uh, to have such a bigger view than just me. And not to say that praying for ourselves is not important, but it has to include the body of Christ and what he's doing on this planet. Yeah. But I, I guess um, uh, what what really touched me is the fact that we can confess our sins um, I, I, not just to pray for others. We do that. I do that all the time, but that we can ask for forgiveness for others. That's, that was what was eye opening to me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, we, we can for, for our nation. Just think of, Oh yes. That have been passed. Oh my. Our communities, uh, different directions and lifestyles. And yeah, I mean, you can pray for, for, cause we're in us. Yeah, Not we are. We're in us. Right, right. Very good. So uh, lots of things that you talk about, especially as it relates to prayer. Uh, why should we be specific when we pray? And how did Nehemiah do that? Well, I think specificity is important because, uh, first of all, it helps clarify the issue in our own mind. Because I can certainly say, you know, for, for my particular thing, God, I just can't get a handle on this food thing. Can you help me? Well, that's great, but... Okay, God, what can I do today? What can I write out? What can I follow? We have to be specific because there's kind of an impetus on us then to, like, join in his work because it's all him, you know. And uh, Nehemiah got very specific when the king noticed he was sad and Mm. said, hey, why are you sad? And Nehemiah said, because my people. You know, my people are in distress. The wall is coming down. And the king asked Nehemiah a very important question, and he asked, what are you requesting? And I think God asks us that question, too. When we have a need or, or just something that has just been an de- area of defeat in our life for years, what are we requesting? And for Nehemiah, it was, I need the people to help rebuild. I need the supplies for the wall. I need, you know, all these things from you and protection as we go. And for us personally, for me personally, it was, I need a specific plan. I need uh, friends around me who will hold me accountable, not for what I eat, but how I perceive the things around food, what what it means to me. Larger questions than just, did you have chocolate today? You know, mm-hmm. that's not a helpful question. No, no. <laughs> you know, and so just um, specificity is so important. Yeah. One of the things I always say about being specific is... Um, when we're specific, we see how God has answered our prayers. So, yes, we can pray for all people that don't know Christ. But if we pray for one person that doesn't know Christ and we see him come to faith, we see how God has answered that prayer. So a lot of times we're just too generic in our prayers and we need to be more specific. I don't know if that helps, but that's one of the things that I like to say. So, Donna, all Christians struggle with sin. Uh, let's talk for a minute about God's grace for sinners. Oh, well, it's just, it's throughout Scripture. I mean, from Genesis to Revelation, His grace is He just keeps chasing us down uh, every time we mess up. And uh, there's nothing we can do that He can't forgive. I mean, uh, that He won't forgive when we confess and we ask Him, God, forgive me. You know, He always wants that relationship with us. And grace is so important because it reminds us that uh that nothing we've done is too bad. Even though we may try to convince ourselves that it is, grace tells us that we don't have a case, that you're forgiven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jesus suffered and died for all of our sins, no matter what they are. I, I always have used the, the term uh, grace, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. been using that for years. 
when you look up the verses where it says, forgive all your sins, all the word all, uh-huh. it uh, means all. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, in the, in the original language, Hebrew and Greek, it means all. It means everything. There's no exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. And we still all struggle with sin because we're not going to be perfect this side of heaven. But uh, Yeah, no but, exception to that rule. Either. Right, right. Yes, absolutely. So what else? Um, toward the end, you talk a little bit about spiritual warfare and the sword of the Spirit. Why is being in the Word so important? Well, that's where we're reassured and we're taught the weapons that we have, the armor that we've been given, the words to use. Because I think of when Jesus was tempted in the desert, Every time, all three times when the devil tempted him, Jesus' first words were, it is written. Uh It is written. Uh We have to know Scripture. We have to have our nose buried in it because, you know, when we are tempted, you know, the devil's not going to hold on while we say, you know, hold on a second. I need to go look. I know that's talked about in Scripture. Let me go find it. He's just not going to go there. We have to know it. And because in spiritual warfare, a lot of times it blindsides us. And, um, you know, they know how to get us. You know, the enemy knows where we're weak, and he will come up with a different fruit every time. Yes, absolutely. He does. Well, let's just for our listeners share a little bit more about the story of Nehemiah and what happened. And there's so much in your book, but you, you, you read through the whole book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament for those that want to read it. Um, what else happened in that story? You talked about the last time you touched, uh, you talked about the fact that he was sad and the king noticed that. But uh, he persevered in this task of rebuilding the wall. What else do our listeners need to learn about Nehemiah? Well, he persevered past uh, friends who tried to get him to come off the wall because what he was doing was dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we have to be brave enough to stand up to friends when we know that what we're doing, God is honoring and he's called us to do. And um, I think that's very important. And to know that every step along the journey, God will give us what we need. And sometimes it's just for the moment, and which is all he promises in Scripture. I will give you what you need today, this moment. And we just have to keep trusting that. And every step, Nehemiah, you know, had the resources, had the people, had the prayers. It's just, it's such a great, and we're not emulating Nehemiah in this Bible study. We're looking at Nehemiah's life and learning how God teaches us to persevere Mm -hmm. by the example Mm -hmm. of Nehemiah. We're not trying to emulate a person. We're looking at the lessons that God teaches us through his life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what else, Donna, would you like our listeners to know about this book and what they can do to persevere? Well, just, oh gosh, like you said, it's a, it's a, Massive Bible study, which I just love Bible study, but just to keep after it, you know, daily, there's a, uh, there's inside, there's a 52-day challenge inside, and that's how long it took Nehemiah to rebuild the wall. And when he finished rebuilding the wall, he did it in such a way that even his enemies knew that that bared the thumbprint of God, because it was beyond human capability to do something you know, so vast in such a short amount of time. And for us, we won't know victory until we see Jesus face to face. But that doesn't mean that he can't make us, give us little victories as we go along the way, mm-hmm. you know, in our areas. And so if we, you know, stand on that wall and trust him to provide, he will. Yes. So Nehemiah, that wall had been down for over 100 years, and yet he rebuilt it in 52 days. Now, he didn't do it by himself. Talk a little bit about the people that helped him. 
oh, his posse. You know, I talk about that in the book. Um, we all need a posse because we are not the Lone Ranger. Even the Lone Ranger needed Tonto. <laughs> you know, we are not um, by ourselves in this. And we walk together because we can fall into temptation and can fall into weakness. And that's when it's important to have those people around us, kind of like Jesus. He did ministry all over, you know, where he walked, but he always had the 12, and then he always had the three. You know, he always had the close posse that was right there with him all the time. And that's what we need to. And so part of what we need to identify through this study is who are those people who will walk through us, Mm -hmm. even when it's in the bloody, muddy trenches, you know, and identify those from God, because sometimes it's not the people who we would normally gravitate to. Uh, God puts new people in our life that we didn't expect that are perfect for our journey. And so just keep asking him again in prayer, show me who needs to be around me for this. Show That's me who great. you need to, me to be around, you know, and he will. Okay. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we have two minutes left, Donna. Plenty of time to share just a little more about the Bible study and your thoughts as we close for our listeners. My thoughts is sometimes the journey is going to seem like it's a hundred years, <laughs> like the wall around <laughs> yeah. Jerusalem, uh, and it's going to seem like it. But when we focus on God and we focus on persevering in prayer, we will see every day that He changes our heart, He changes our attitude. I've experienced it personally, changing how we even perceive the thing we struggle with, and. Uh, just persistent prayer, and He will bring us to a place. I have such a sense of peace now in that area that I've never had in three decades, and that's really my prayer for everyone who walks through this study, that whatever that one thing is, Mm -hmm. that you get on that wall and you trust God to bring you through it. Mm, That's great. That's great. And again, let me mention your book, Perseverance, Praying Through Life's Challenges, a Nehemiah Battle Plan. It is produced by Concordia Publishing House, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. And uh, so that would be a great place to go and order it for your small group, for your Bible study, for your personal time as well. Yes. And it comes with actually videos. Uh, It's not a DVD, but there are videos online that you can order through CPH. And there's eight full live lessons that are half an hour each that go Mm. with each chapter. And I think it's less than $25 for all eight lessons online. Fantastic. I didn't see those videos. Uh, That's great. I got the book. All right. Our time is up. This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Again, my guest has been Donna Pyle, the author of Perseverance, Praying Through Life's Challenges, a Nehemiah Battle Plan. I'd recommend the book to you and your small group. It'd be a great one to uh, learn more about how God walks us through all of our challenges and any issues that we deal with, he can help us resolve them. And uh, again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Learn more about Family Shield on our website, www.familyshieldministries.com. Thanks for listening. been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.